Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Whether you're practicing, studying, or doing your taxes, there comes a point where your brain may begin to get a little fatigued, your thinking gets a bit sluggish, and it's difficult to think productively or creatively. Although tax prep is probably not the best time to be flexing your creativity muscles. Regardless, taking breaks is an important part of staying productive and getting past this brain fatigue. And there are several schools of thought in terms of how best to integrate breaks into one's work. I grew up with a classic 50-10 split, which is where you practice for 50 minutes and then take a 10-minute break. But there's also the 25-5 Pomodoro and even the more unusual 52-17 split. But the other question is, what should we be doing during our break time to maximize mental recovery and prepare ourselves best for the next block of practice? Should we chat with friends, spend a few minutes on TikTok or YouTube, read a book, go for a walk, take a coffee nap? Well, there are indications in the research that exercise could enhance creativity and other cognitive processes, which is great in theory, but for most of us, that's not going to be motivation enough to get us to go for a run. So, wondering if there might be an easier way to get the same cognitive benefits, a pair of Stanford researchers conducted a series of studies to see if walking might be enough to give us that mental boost. They rounded up 48 participants and asked them to complete a standard creativity test while sitting in a chair or while walking on a treadmill. The test involves brainstorming as many different uses for a common object as possible, and it's a measure of cognitive flexibility or the ability to avoid getting mentally stuck in one limited category. For instance, when given the prompt of button, one participant responded with alternate uses including a doorknob for a dollhouse, an eye for a doll, a tiny strainer, or something to drop behind you to keep your path. So did walking have any effect on the participant's creativity? Well, indeed it did. 81% of the participants improved performance on the test while walking, generating about 50% more ideas on average than they did while sitting. And it wasn't just an increase in the number of ideas, they tended to come up with more creative ideas when walking too. A follow-up study even found that this boost in creativity lasted beyond the short period of time when participants were actively walking. There was a residual effect where participants continued to experience greater creativity even after they sat back down for another round of creativity testing. So if you're feeling kind of stuck in your practice and can't seem to get past a tricky issue that has you stumped, 
Instead of scrolling through Instagram during your next break, a short walk might actually be the best way to prepare your brain for more thoughtful and effective 25 or 50 minutes of practice. But does this mean that we should just walk up and down the hall for a few minutes, or is there a more effective way to do this? Well, studies suggest that where we walk may be an important factor in battling brain fatigue, too. A group of Scottish researchers were curious about the impact of different environments on our state of mind. Specifically, they were wondering what difference a more natural green space might have relative to crowded urban environments. To find out, they hooked up 12 Edinburgh University students to a portable EEG headset and asked them to take a one and a half mile walk through three different parts of Edinburgh as the headset measured their brainwave activity. The first part of the walk took them through an urban shopping district with lots of people, buildings, and some traffic. The second part of their walk went through a large nature area, sort of like Central Park in New York City, with lots of open green space, lawns, trees, and playing fields. And the final part of their walk took them through a busy, loud, crowded commercial district with heavy traffic. And was there any meaningful difference in how their brains responded in these three different environments? Well, looking at the readings from each portion of their walk, researchers found that walking through the park reduced indicators of stress and facilitated a more meditative state. In other words, the green space was more mentally restorative than walking around the city. Other studies in the field of environmental psychology have made similar observations and suggest that natural settings may help us recover from stress and restore our attentional resources. A University of Michigan study, for instance, found that a walk through the campus Arboretum was more effective than a walk through downtown Ann Arbor in helping participants recharge their mental batteries and help them perform better on mentally demanding tasks as well. It's a phenomenon that has been observed in research on children with ADHD also. So what are we to do with all of this? Well, taking my kid's dog out to pee is not near the top of my list of things that I enjoy doing, But I have to admit that a short walk around the block often does clear the cobwebs from my head and help me find my second wind on a long writing day or during a marathon TurboTax session. So the next time you're practicing or studying and start to feel brain fatigue kick in, try going for a short stroll outside and not through a busy, heavily trafficked area where there's tons of stimuli that's likely to grab your attention or even in an area where you have to be attentive to your surroundings for safety reasons like a busy intersection or sketchy dark alley. Instead, try to find a quieter, calmer, nature-y place with some greenery where your mind is free to wander and relax. See if that feels more restorative than catching up on your emails or grabbing a cup of subpar coffee from the vending machine in the lounge. You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, you can learn more about the live and self-paced courses that are available at bulletproofmusician.com courses.